0: We're going to continue looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember last week I said that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are broken up into three groups of three. There's nine gifts. There's the utterance gifts, and we looked at these last week. They say something. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. They say something. Then there's the revelation gifts. They reveal something. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirits. Then there's the power gifts. They do something. Faith, healing, miracles. There are. This is the third band of gifts that are in Scripture. The other band of gifts are in Romans 12. These are the called the basic gifts or the motivational gifts. These are gifts from the Father. They are in you. It's who you are. It's your character. It's your personality. That's you. I have a read of Romans 12, if you want to look at those. Then there's the ministry gifts, they from Christ. They are in Ephesians 4, evangelists, prophets, teachers, pastors, those gifts, they call called the ministry gifts, given to the church to build the church up. We're we'll looking, or continue to look in, continuing to look at the spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Um, I said last week that I don't think you can just go around going, yes, well, I've got the gift of um, discernment. I've got the gift of this. Because it's as the Spirit wills. If the gift of discernment is needed at a certain time, it's as the Spirit wills. That gift will come upon you to use. So, we're going to look at the revelation gifts. Um, That is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discernment of spirits, and now I said earlier that I, I believe that I, I just had a, a discernment of, of some of a spiritual force that is trying to come against the church and the body of Christ in Newport, and, and what happens is it's, it's not a ha- an inkling, it's not like a, a little, oh, I think I might say that, that sounds good, it's not that at all, it's not a sort of hunch, it's sort of maybe, it's a wow, where did that come from? You know. There's something inside you. It's something inside you. It's not, um, oh, I'll have a good guess at this. That's, you know, I'm going to have a guess. I'm going to have a, I think this is where I, I, it's going to go. No, you know. Somebody said once you know in your Noah. It tells you. You will know. God shares a little bit of his knowledge. And he gives it to you. The Holy Spirit. And the word of knowledge is something that you would not have known if it wasn't for God. Now, I've asked, I mentioned it last week, but I just want to mention it again. And I've asked Arthur's permission for this. I mentioned it last week. When we were praying last week, Arthur came up for a very specific prayer. And I'm not going to go into the details of it, but he, he wanted, and I've asked his permission, and he wanted some answers in prayer. And he wanted someone to stand with him in prayer over a certain matter. And as I was praying, now I believe that God dropped into me a word of knowledge. And when I say a word, it it was actually two words, and I'm not even going to tell you what they were, because they were very personal to Arthur. Now I said as I was praying to Arthur, I actually stopped, didn't I, Arthur? I said, excuse me, Arthur, I said, but I'm going to say something now which I think is a little bit impertinent. I said, I don't know why, but God's dropped into my heart a name to call you. And I thought, I don't know, I don't know where, where this has come from. And I called him the name. And Arthur looked at me and went, that's the name I had as a child. He said, that's what I, how, how I was known as a child. I wouldn't have known that. But God knew that. And so Arthur said, that means it's personal for me, this prayer. It means that God knows me. It means that he's dropped something in me to say to him, to let him know, I got you. I know you. And it's something that I would not have known, Arthur, isn't it? A little bit of knowledge. And when I'm talking about this, it's not as if I I started to pray with Arthur and go, Lord, give me a word of knowledge right now. It's just needed at the time. We could have been in the supermarket, walking around, looking at vegetables. But it's what he needed at the time. And this is, it's a lifestyle, you see. And when we're walking in faith, when we are walking in the Spirit and in step with the Spirit, this should be our lifestyle. And there's always something from the God to, to lift up, never to put down, always to lift up, to help. It's no good us thinking in our heart, oh, I know something about them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pray it over them, I think it's a word of knowledge, because I've heard a bit of gossip. That's not a word of knowledge, that's, that's the opposite. And you never, you never go up to anyone and pray, you'll never guess what God is telling me about you. That's not a word of knowledge. That could be a familiar spirit. This is why we've got to be very careful when we are in step with the Holy Spirit. And our lifestyle is within the Holy Spirit. We don't want to get mixed up. Because everything is in love. Remember I said last week? Always in love. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 21. What do you want? The writer says. Shall I come to you with a rod or in love? And a spirit of gentleness. That's how the Holy Spirit operates within us. With gentleness. With love. Love. If it's not in love, then it's some other spirit. It's a, what the Bible describes as a familiar spirit. Something which feels okay, but it's not God. And you'll know in, in that discernment. Because we will know His voice. The Bible says His sheep know His voice. And when you're walking close to Him, when, you, when you're walking in the Spirit and in that lifestyle, you know His voice. Then there's wisdom. Wisdom is a, a divine revelation from God to show something that could be happening at that time or something that has happened. Can get mixed up with prophecy sometimes. But prophecy usually confirms, I said this last week, usually confirms what God's already put it within you. A word of wisdom. It's not necessarily already in you. It comes from somewhere else, to you. This is nothing to do with natural wisdom. None of these gifts are to do with the natural. They're all spiritual. They're all supernatural. So this wisdom has nothing to do with our wisdom. It doesn't matter how old you are. Listen, an old man is speaking now. He's very wise. Nothing to do with that. This wisdom could come from the youngest Christian. Because it's, it's a spiritual gift, as and when the, the Spirit wills. And we've had many uh, a word spoken into this church over the years. And we've actually seen things happening, we've seen things come into fruition. I remember. Well, many years ago, and some of you will remember as well, Brenda Taylor standing pre-fire, many years pre-fire, and saying that she saw people queuing and coming into the church. And I think this was long before we were doing any of our sort of um, community work that we're doing now. But she said, I can see these people coming to you, coming to you, the broken, the battered, the lame, bandages, all sorts. She said they will be coming. And we were all like, wow, okay, woo. I'm sure that's happening every day. You just come into the, the Gab Center, it's happening every day. A word of wisdom. James 3 and verse 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then it's peace loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, full of mercy, good fruit impartial and sincere. This is God's wisdom. I remember, which I said, something I just said earlier, and I jumped the gun because I'm going to keep saying it. If we want to operate in these gifts, we have to be walking in the Spirit. We've got to be in step with the Spirit. And that's not just on a Sunday when we come here at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's every day. You could be in your place of work. And all of a sudden, you've got something inside you. Oh, man, I need to say something to that person there. Now, if you're operating in a gift of knowledge or wisdom, and you're in your place of work, I wouldn't suggest that you go up to someone and say, the Lord is telling me to tell you, you know? Just bring it into conversation. And then if that person turns around and goes, wow, how do you know that? Then you might say, well, God just told me. And I, I, I've had some experience of this before. And I know that others in here have because they've told me about it. I was sitting on a bus stop with someone and I just felt I needed to say this. Or I met this woman as we were walking along and, and I said I just felt I needed to say this. And they were like, what? Why? Because it's a lifestyle that we should be living. And again, it comes back to unity. Not just unity amongst us, but our unity with the Spirit. Because when we are united and in relationship, He has good gifts. He just wants to keep giving to us. What about the discernment of spirits? This gift works in three different areas. First of all, it's What is the Holy Spirit, and when is He moving? That will be discerned to you. It's to discern the presence of angels or demons. And it's to discern false doctrine, false prophets, and lies. You know, I've been sat in some so-called Christian services, and you've heard me talk about this before. And it was so weird I had to ask God, is this you, God? Is this you? Because I was disturbed. And I just felt God saying, no. I like to leave. You know, some things are so disguised like a lie that they look authentic. Because that's what a, a lie is, isn't it? It's got to look good. It's got to feel good. It's got to be believable. And we're not just dealing with a liar here in the spiritual realm. We are dealing with the father of lies. The scripture says he can masquerade as an angel of light. This is why we need the discernment. Is this you, God? And he would either say, yeah, it's okay, it's me. And you'll know. Oh, okay, thank you, Lord. Or he, you will, will discern something. Someone will say something, do something, and you'll go, whoa, that's not God. I would suggest you just get away from it. You know, I've, I've met someone, and I know someone, who is a self-proclaimed prophet, self-proclaimed apostle. And when you sit in the presence of this person for a little while, and you're walking in the Spirit, you will become a little uneasy. And I think my mom knows who I'm talking about. And she's nodding her head. You sit in the presence of this person for a little while and you go, I don't like this. He's very mystical. Looks down on you. And you feel a little bit awkward. I tell you what, when I sat with him for a while, I thought, that's not God. I don't know who this guy is. It's not God. I'm not going to give you any names. He doesn't live around you anyway, so you don't know him. But it's uh, it's the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And oh, we think this is a bit, oh, this is a bit out there, isn't it? It is this is it. This is how we should be living our lives. This is this is the gifts that God has given us. The gift of discernment is not is not a suspicion. He looks a bit suspect. Ooh, I've discerned something wrong with him. That's not it. It's not an assessment. I don't like the way he looks. No, I don't like the way he talks. Don't like his accent. Don't like his clothes. You're not assessing him or her. There's nothing to do with that. It's not judgment. No, I don't like the way he lives his life. Doesn't live it like me. Can't be good. No. I discern something wrong there. No, it's not a judgment on our part. It's spiritual. There'll be something again. You will know when it's the Holy Spirit. You'll know it's not the flesh. You will know when spiritual things are under attack. You will know when prayer or worship is under attack. You will know it. And just like I sensed earlier as we were worshiping, I really sensed there's an attack on unity. When I come in, I just said to Lawrence as we were taking uh, communion, I, we prayed together. And Lawrence says, Look, I got this, so I got this, and then I can say that. And then we got this to do them. Um, I got this Bible reading. And then I said, Oh, sounds great. Didn't do any of that. That just went out the window. Why? Because we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow Him to move. Again, this is everyday stuff. This gift particularly knowledge, wisdom, and discernment of spirit is usually and probably always in operation within the five ministry gifts. So anyone who is a, a teacher or pastor or an apostle or, 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 or leader in any of those areas, you will probably be operating in some of these gifts at some time because that's how co- they are also manifest. But you can also be used in them even if you haven't got one of those five ministry gifts. Like I said, you could be in work. You could be in the supermarket. You know, I, I, you've probably done this. How many times have I met some people in town and they said, oh, let me pray with you. I said, yeah, go on. And we be in the middle of town praying with each other, arms around each other. Who's not to say that that's not a, a word there from God right into your spirit. And when you are walking in the spirit, that, that word of knowledge or wisdom is right what you need at that time as the spirit wills. What about the, um, a lot of people use this discernment gift, and they like to think that they're called into this area of the occult and demons and casting out this and casting out that. Some people are used more in those areas, yes, but don't go looking for that. That's not what this is all about. I want the gift of discernment so I can go and cast some demons out. This is what the Bible says. Stay clear of it. uh, Romans 16, verse 19. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 20 says, in regards of evil, be infants. So in regards of evil things, don't chase after it. Be innocent of it. Be infants of it. But if you have to deal with it, then, as the Spirit wills, you'll be able to deal with it. I've said so many times that where we live, our house backs onto a field. It backs onto a wooded area. There's a nice little stream running by. It's beautiful. You want to come up one day, go for a walk there. But I'm sure there's some not very nice things out there. Maybe the odd rat or two, Dave. Maybe, I don't know, a grass snake or a two nasties. Leave them alone. Let them get on with their own thing. But as soon as they come into my garden or into my house, then I deal with them. I don't go looking for them. I don't go turning up stones looking for nasties. But some people think they like to do that. It's going to look for some demons and cast them out. Be infants. Be innocent of it. Don't go looking for it. What about that that possessed woman that was following Paul around, remember? Followed him around for days. In the end, he went, all oh, right, let's sort something out about it. And he dealt with it. But at first, he said, leave her alone. Don't get mixed up in it. Walk in the Spirit. If it comes across your path, deal with it. And you will have The spiritual knowledge and whereabouts to be able to deal with it as the Spirit wills. Don't go looking for evil. Because I tell you why don't go looking for evil, because you will find it. These gifts, especially the discernment of Spirit, is the God's alarm system for the church, if you like. When something is amiss, something inside will go, that's not right. Something up. This is when the lies were discerned in Acts 5 in Ananias and Sapphira. It was discerned. So, Lord, I, all I would say is, the Bible says, seek earnestly the best gifts. Just, Lord, use me whenever you can. Remember last week I said, if you weren't last week, You'll hear it for the first time now. If you were last week, you're going to hear it again. We sometimes wonder why, why does that person or that person always get up and bring a word? Why is it always that person who's got a, a word of wisdom, knowledge, or prophecy? Why is, why is it always that person who, who, who's got a message? Because the Holy Spirit wants to use any one of us. But sometimes it's only the same people who are available. So next time, well, if we're in a gathering like this and, and the Holy Spirit wants to speak into the church, just say, Lord, I'm, I'm open. Use me. And it would be absolutely fantastic if, if we had someone who different to bring a word. But I don't mind if the same people bring the word. It doesn't matter. It just shows that they are available. And we always have a come to the front, speak to whoever's leading or one of the leaders, because as I said last week, God's not the author of confusion. We have to have some sort of order. But I don't mind if the Holy Spirit messes up our order, but we have to have His order. His order. All right, let's move on quickly then to the, the power gifts, the last three gifts. These are the sort of wow gifts, all right? Faith, healing, and miracles. Now, I've been talking... From experience a little bit with some of the others. Now I'm reaching out into a little bit of an area where I don't know whether I ventured yet. Yet. Faith. This is the divine manifestation of supernatural faith. It's not your normal faith that we have here right now. The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 3, God has dealt to each a measure of faith. We're not talking about that faith. We're talking about a specific time, a specific place, for a specific person or purpose, the gift of faith. And what happens when the gift of faith comes upon a person is that it bypasses our faith. It's like as if God takes you as a full like that. Has a little drink, Mm. empties you out and fills you with his faith. Boom. And then whatever needs to happen happens. Because within you there is no doubt whatsoever. This is where those people, like we've mentioned last week, Smith Wigglesworth and that, they operated in that area. Absolutely no doubt whatsoever, this is what God is saying, and it will happen. Wow. So we've gone beyond our faith. We're into his supernatural faith. And very often, uh, and I've had to read people's accounts of this, they will say afterwards, wow, was that me? Did I just say that? And the answer was, well, no, it wasn't you, actually. It was God. It was God because it's not natural. There's a boldness attached to these gifts. It's a boldness that accompanies faith when we operate in the gift of faith. Demons tremble at this. They tremble at you right now. But when someone is operating in this gift, they're like, ah, get me away. Because we are spiritual people, living a spiritual life. What about the, the, the cripple at the, the gate beautiful? Read about it in Acts three verses one to six. You know, this was his spot. He sat there, crippled from birth, begging every day at the temple. How many times had Peter and John walked past him? How many times? But on this time, this day, when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit had come upon them and in them and filled them, this time, this day, with this man, in this place, he said, get up and walk. Poof. And that's the wow gift. They weren't operating in their own faith there. You know, sometimes that happens to us. hey we Walk past this place. We've seen that. This has happened to me so many times. But as the Spirit wills, one day, you may just turn around and go, wow, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Let your requests be made known to God. What's your request? Imagine God just saying, what do you want? Lord, I want to be used by you. Leave it with God when we make these requests. When we, when we pray, leave it with God. You know, some people think that faith without hints is dead. And they'll get up and they go, Oh my God, yes, hallelujah. I'm operating in faith right now. Lord, you know I need a pair of shoes. So I haven't got any. Size nine in black. Thank you, Lord. And then guess what? Someone might give them a, a pair of shoes, size nine, in black, and they say, "Oh, God's answered my prayer." No, your your big blabbermouth has answered your prayer. Because we leave things with God. We were only discussing this week, I think, in our link group, or was it in prayer meeting. I can't remember, about all the stuff that we do for other people, and and don't do it uh, in public, making a big show of it. Look at me. I'm operating in faith. The Bible says, don't let your right hand let, right hand let your left hand know what you're doing. This is not about us, you see. This is about him. And when we are operating in these gifts, this is why it's as the Spirit wills. Because if he allowed his Spirit to be controlled by us, wow. Wow. We'd have some ego then, wouldn't we? It says, he wills. He wills. Let me give you another a little bit of background of Smith Wigglesworth. He was just an ordinary guy. And if you haven't read any of, I'm going to say, his books. They it's not his books. He never wrote a book. Books were written about him. The Apostle of Faith I've read, and another one, I can't remember the name of the other one. But the Apostle of Faith is brilliant. He was an illiterate plumber. Couldn't read, couldn't write. His wife taught him how to read and write. He wasn't uh, intellectual. Uh, His wife was the preacher. His wife was the, the knowledgeable one. She taught him to read and write. He began his ministry at the age of 56 He ended it at 88, and there are reports that at least 20 people were raised to the dead, raised from the dead, not too dead, they weren't zombies, <laughs> raised from the dead through his ministry and his operating of these gifts. 20 people, reports about it. And, that, and he died in about 1947. So we're not talking about, oh, 100 years ago, yeah, God was different, then He did No, that's, that's not even 100 years ago. These gifts are for today. They're for us. They're for you and me. Healing. This is the supernatural intervention of God's healing power over sickness and disease. And again, I'll say, it: it's not just when we come together and pray for the sick to be healed, and that, can, that, that works, God does that, yeah. But this is on another level. Again, it's, it's going to happen. I know it. No doubt whatsoever. There's um, Smith Wigglesworth again in his book. A man comes out. And that when he prayed for people, they would, they would have all sorts. They would, there was a man with no foot, born with no foot. And he prayed for this man. And the man says, well, nothing's happened. I still haven't got a foot. He says, tomorrow, read it in the book. He says, tomorrow, go down to the shoe shop and buy a new pair of shoes. He says, well, I go to the shoe shop. I buy one shoe. He says, buy a pair of shoes and try them on as I was reading it, I thought, oh, i got to read more. What's happened? Turn the page over. The man went down to the shop. And there's faith on this man, mind, as well. He went down to the shop, put the one shoe on. And they said, how does that look, sir? And he says, put the other one on. And the woman in the shop went, mm-hmm. went towards his stump. And I am not kidding you. I read this, but it's, it's got to be documented somewhere. You know, it's, it's there. His foot grew into the shoe. What? I'm not making it up. Go and read it. But things like this happened around this man. Why? Because he's walking in the Spirit. Absolutely not out of step at all. Making himself wholly available. When the Holy Spirit wanted to move, his hand was in the air all the time. Here I am. Use me. Oh, it's you again, Smith. Is it? Yep. Okay. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's how we pray. No other name. No other way. The name of Jesus Christ. Then there's the last one: miracles. Oh, I got another story about Smith Wigglesworth. Do you want to hear it? He prayed for a man with one eye. Guess what? His eyeball grew in the socket as he was praying for it. (sighs) Imagine what happened there. You know, imagine the, the crowd. What? That's God. Miracles to display. The display of God's power. The display of his magnificence in staggering wonders. That's what a miracle is. Again, it's not operating on our faith. It's Him pouring us out. And then, wow, you speak to something and you know. You know. You can't just waltz into this kind of power. The disciples one day went to try to cast some demons out, and they come back and they said, well, we, tr- we tried casting these demons out, but they just laughed at us and, and mocked us. And Jesus said in Matthew 17 and verse 21, yeah, this kind of power only comes with much prayer and fasting. We can't just willy-nilly skip into this type of power. It's not a skip in power. It's a walk in in faith power. It's a prayer it's a fasting power now this book I read where I was getting some of this stuff from about Smith Wigglesworth and all that it's had a little line at the bottom and I said about it last week how to raise someone from the dead right and this is what it said oh it did add a note it did add a note how to raise some people from the dead and then the side note was uh, some people are better off dead so just leave them No, I think that's true, actually. (laughs) It is true. In fact, going back to Smith Wigglesworth, um, someone rung him in the middle of the night and said, Smith, you need to get over here. Um, I think it was their father or something. He's he's dying. He's on his last legs. So Smith Wigglesworth jumped into his car. He was driving over, and it's recorded in, in the book, The Apostle of Faith. He actually prayed, and he said, Lord, is this sickness unto death? And God said to him, yeah. So he turned the car around and went home. So the family rang up and said, where are you? He's dead. And Smith said, yeah. That sickness was unto death. The Lord wants him. Some sickness is unto death. Some people are better off death. Anyway, this was the formula, Right? First of all, walking in the Spirit, absolutely in step with the Spirit. So, if anybody want to try raising someone from the dead, first of all, make sure you're in tune with the Spirit, right? Straight in there. Then, you've got to operate in the gift of faith. All right? So, you say, Lord, I need the gift of faith here. But as the Spirit wills, of course. So, God will empty you out, fill you with His faith. Then you need the gift of miracles is a wonder. And then you'll need the gift of healing because he needs to be healed from what they died of. So, you're virtually operating in at least three of the gifts. That is woe time, you know? We heard a testimony, Karen shared it the other week, didn't you, about the Indian lady who was speaking in the warehouse church. And she actually said that this happened to her. Someone died in the service that she was in. Now, she didn't just decide and go, Oh, let's have a go and try to raise that person from the dead. She just knew straight away, poof, and it happened. Why? As the Spirit wills, there and then, for that time, that purpose. And I'm sure that some people have died in, in services before. I'm sure it must have happened, and they weren't raised from the dead. But that's not for us to d- discern or decide or understand. That's up to God. I've written a question down as we draw to a closure gifts today? Where are they? Why are they not in operation more these days? And do you know one of the things I'm thinking now as, as the Holy Spirit has been speaking earlier? How is our unity? How is our prayer? How is our fasting? How is our walk? Because these things occur when all these things are falling into place. Crying out before God, interceding before God, walking in step with the Holy Spirit, having a unity with each other, with other churches, Because if we haven't got that, if there's disunity, if there's a split here and a split there and they don't talk to them and they don't go there and, and I got this against that person and oh, I, I, you're out to step and how is the Holy Spirit going to operate when we think we're okay but we're not? And I think we need to be starting to walk step. Get our prayer lives right. Praying more. Asking God what does he want? Your will be done. Not our will. Your will. You know Christ is going to return for a strong church and I believe that. He's not coming back to a defeated, broken, scattered church. So we got to stack in our act together. I wrote this down. God wants to be allowed back in. He wants access again. Yeah, into our fellowships, into our church gatherings, into our prayer meetings, into our families, into our lives. He says, I want in again. And if we want to see stuff, we've got to allow him in and not block him out and call on him every now and again when we need him. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared, was to destroy the devil's work. You see, the devil, the enemy, he's a a liar. He brings fear. He brings aggression. He brings disharmony. He brings violence. He brings lies and deceit. But our Lord, he brings the opposite to all of those. And Jesus said to that one man, in Mark 5 and verse 35, he said, do not be afraid, just believe. Shall we pray? I'm going to pray, but I want to give you the opportunity as well to go back to that prayer that we were praying earlier. Lord, unity. Love. Lord, we want to let you back in. And Lord, yes, forgive me if ever there's been a time when I thought I could do this on my own. Go through the motion. Lord, I want to say right now, here I am. Use me. Well, I pray that we will be keepers of unity, maintainers of unity. Well, I pray that we will, if we need to do that little skip to get back into, into step, then Lord, show us where we need to do the skip. One needs to go the right time, the right place so that we can get back in tune with you. Lord, when did we stop being a spiritual people? I'm studying at the moment. I'm just getting something together. Maybe next week I'll be preaching it, but I was looking at Samuel and and Eli, and God started speaking to Samuel, and he didn't know who it was, and Eli didn't know who it was. Why? Because they were out of step. It says that the voice of God was rare in those days, and it seems like the voice of God is rare in these days. Why? Because are we out of step, Lord? We need more of you. We want to discern your voice. We want to be able to stand in a car park and declare Jesus over this city. And we want to see demons fearing and trembling and running, not because of us, but because of you. Lord, we want to decrease so that you can increase. It's nothing to do with us. Pour out your Spirit, Lord, over this city. We come against anything that is trying to pull down in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to open it up now. If you feel you want to pray or if you just want to share something that perhaps God has laid on your heart and you know, then I'm going to allow you to do that right now. Let's just wait on God. Someone just pray for us then. Just pray. Just pray for this gathering that's going to take place in, in a week Tuesday, that something will happen, that atmosphere in this city will change.
1: Anyone else? I thank you. I thank you Lord
0: yeah, i you the that he saw and what you did through him but Lord, yeah. we want it yeah. we want it that's right yeah Yeah. and heal their land. Father,
1: restore our city and our nation of Wales. Let us be a beacon of light, Father God, for your glory and for your kingdom. That, Father, the people would be drawn to yourself for your glory. That you would be given all honour and all power and all glory. That you would be high and lifted up. That, Father, we would not lift up our own for yeah. so you are the way that city, Father. Thank
0: Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. We are going to draw to a close right now.